Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, the first technique I learned was a punch. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Believe in the Punch. I'm Karate Cam, as always, and I'm so happy to have you guys listening to another episode. But before we jump into anything today, I need you guys to please pause this podcast, go give it five stars, leave a comment about what you're liking about it, and download today's episode. I really appreciate everybody's support, and my downloads are going up, and it's all because of you guys, so thank you. And before we jump into the actual episode and introduction of today's guest, I want to thank my longtime sponsor of the show in Bet Online. Bet Online, as you guys know, is your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for a good place to find good deals and help even to find those good deals, make sure you go to the website betonline.ag to receive your 50% off bonus on your first entry. Go check it out. Now, today's guest is also from, I guess you could say, across the pond. Today, I'm lucky enough to have Norwegian national team member Lottie Anderson. She's a seven-time national champion, Nordic champion, and aspires to become a full-time teacher when she's done competing. She's also competed on the Olympic circuit through Premier Leagues for the last two years and even moved to a different country just to have better training partners. Listen in to today's episode where we cover what makes up a European karate athlete. Enjoy. Again with another international athlete and Lottie Anderson. Welcome. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. Enjoying the way we got summer in Europe now. I that's what I'm saying. You guys, you guys are you guys are doing it. Like what's the what's COVID looking like over there right now? It's actually going pretty good. It's yeah. uh, we're opening up now. So I hopefully get to travel back to Norway soon yeah. and visit my family and everything. But right. Right. So you're a Norwegian national team karate athlete but where do you live i live in denmark Aalborg in denmark can you like why so, well let's can you explain all this <laughs> there's the like we got to get it started like can you explain all this yeah i moved when i was 19 so i moved because i've just had the time a year off after high school and then i wanted to train because i've heard of this club in Aalborg and ellen busk busk who is the danish national coach i went for training for like five months and then I went back to Norway and I thought just, okay, if I want to do something with karate, I have to move back. And I have been there for seven years. So, wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What is it like moving to a new country? I mean, I know Europe is, is different than the U S right. Then like, it, it's a lot shorter travel times to get from one country to another, but at the same time, like, what is that like just to leave your home country? Yeah, it, it was, uh, of course I wanted it because I wanted to train karate and I knew some people in the club but I didn't know anyone else in 
school. I ha didn't have school, so I just was in my apartment, went to training, went back home, watched Netflix for seven hours, and then <laughs> back to training. So it was a tough start, but then when I started studying, I got friends and yeah, a social so, life as well. I see. So you went, you went to, you were in college in Denmark. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So then what, let me ask you this, like what separated the, um, your new club from your old club and like what made you want to stay there? I think it was more like they made karate fun again. Uh, it was more, yeah, I, I didn't know I was missing it until I tried it, tried training with them. Um, and then there were like a team of 20 young athletes trying to become the best. And it was just a fun way to train, but in a serious way, if you understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like what, what was the most exciting part about that? Because I, I, I cause I have my own thoughts about this, but I want to know like what, what you, what you think about this first before I jump in. Mm -hmm. I think because back home in Norway, when I was training, I trained with uh, Bettina, who is a famous karate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was awesome. And I, I learned so much from her and uh, or coach, but I think I got to a point where I, I needed more um, and more we were just two training all the time and the, all the social aspect of it training together with all those danish athletes having fun and staying after training talking and working together as a team kind of a team uh, sure sure although it's an individual sport. well yeah i think i think you make a great point because like a facility in my mind too i agree with you right like in the u.s we have this challenge of like I live so far away from my teammates, you know, yeah. and then my club or somebody else's club or dojo might not have a room full of 20, 30 elite, no. athletes, you know, yeah, what yeah. I mean, right. So that, that environment that you talk about is extremely important, but like, cause I've had to be on the reverse end, usually with like very few, very few training partners, like max four or five, you know? Yeah. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge, you know, especially if you get mad at one of them. Right. And you have to, <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> man, I have to come back to train with the same person. <laughs> no, but it's definitely a thing. And, and I think you mentioned like it's, it's different bodies. Like you're, you're seeing different things, you know? Um, and, and the way of you saying it, it made it fun again. Right. Like you have challenges in new ways. Right. And like with yeah. new, new voices, new training partners, new people. Right. And then, excuse me, like the social aspect that you talk about, like that's some of my best memories within karate are within that realm of social yeah, aspect, exactly. right like yeah. like you know when i when i get to see you and other friends right like at all these other tournaments and things like that like it's all it's all like that's something i always look forward to and can take away from it you know yeah exactly so but i know i know it's not um and most athletes in karate have has like one or two maybe to train with that are on the high level but when i got the chance to train with so many i was just like okay i need this <laughs> yeah yeah well what made you go over there in the first place i guess uh, i was on a summer camp in the summer mm -hmm. and wait they had like a training camp out there yeah they had like every year they had a summer weekend where we we you come from every country and train wow and you could yeah. train and then i came tried that and in my um some school holiday I mm -hmm. had a week holiday on the, in October, I think. And then yeah. I asked him if I could come in my holiday and come and train with them. 
And he said, yes. And I was there for a week in January. I moved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it just, it was perfect. Cause I was just finishing high school and had a year where I just uh, had a physics and, and had one exam. So after just that, physics, just physics. physics. Yeah, it is physics. That's yeah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well then fair enough. I mean, like, is that something so like i mean the reason why like having a european like athlete like on the show is like important to me because i want to highlight the differences that like culture around karate in europe is very different than like in the us or any of the pan american countries you know what i'm saying so like for yes. example you guys have the opportunity to do summer camps like that like mm -hmm. i i mean with the exception of every once in a while or small ones here and there like i never really seen any any camps like that where we get to just have athletes from this country that country this place that place and then we we get together for you know a long weekend or a week and just you know let it run you know is that something that's like common within within european karate yeah it's very common i think and especially around summer mm. uh, it's always like those Typical camps who goes from year to year. So in May, there's one in in Germany for kids like under 21s, and then it's one in Ukraine. And yeah, you can you go to the same going. ones. Every, yeah, and you just switch on who is hosting the summer wow. camp. Yeah. Have you like? Is there any like distinct memories or anything that like stands out about those? Of course, the one when I went to Denmark for the first time because yeah. that was just like a new aspect of karate that opened up to me and Ukraine was there as a co-hosting team because they are collaborating with Denmark and yeah it was just like awesome seeing that different countries come together and train together and having a lot of fun and sharing each other each other sharing I don't know <laughs> no it's good sharing no, no. karate with each other yeah you know. sharing karate sharing experiences and things like that like i um personally right like i i remember traveling to um different countries for camps right and like my mm -hmm. outlet i guess for another country that stood out is like the iranian team or the iranian athletes and things like that um just because obviously my like my family is iranian and i've had the opportunity to yeah. like you know work with a lot of coaches and senseis from there mm -hmm. um but like, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I want to flip this question onto you as well. But like the thing that stood out to me was like, just getting a completely different perspective of the sport when I was working with a new group of people. Right. Mm. Um, and I think that's a, like a huge advantage for people like in general to work with other athletes, other countries, other things. Cause I, I had, I, I had this experience of working with a group that approaches the game or the sport or the lifestyle completely different than what I do or what I was brought up. Um, and then being able to take away what they did, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like adapt it to my own game. So for example, like I did karate cause you know, I thought everybody did it. I grew up in the sport. My family, mm. this is what I did since day one. My mom was training with me when she was still pregnant, you know, like with me and I was training <laughs> while she was still pregnant with me. And then now I, I I'm in front of these guys and these girls that they fight like every day. Like, it's like a fight. It's not just yeah. sport and fun and this, like, it's a fight. It's a real yeah. legit fight, you know? And they're coming to take my head off every single time, but then give you a hug after. It's the yeah. weirdest thing. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so, so, so like, that was one of my biggest takeaways as far as like when I first 
started working with a different group of group of people like what what was like a major change or takeaway for you when you started working with um with these other countries other teams um first i think we had a uh, visit from iran as well a couple yeah. of years ago in denmark yeah. and they were, yeah. we're always listening to music when we're training in denmark in like warm-up training warm cool down everything every time there's music on loud music mm. and one uh, once Iran came, they were like, okay, we don't just play for warm up. We do like the running in circles and professional warm up, if you can say so. And then they were like, and turn off the music because you don't have to be like entertained all the time. You have to focus on what you're going to do in this training. And after that, we were like, yeah, that's actually true because we were just like playing a game and having fun and then suddenly going to do some karate and just the mindset we got from them was a good experience because it's just changed our focus on training i think of course of course we are playing and having fun still but not that much as before it's like a different kind right yeah 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 wow yeah it's it's a it's a cool thing like can you get like i want to rewind now i want to backtrack so like first of all because I like when I talk to a lot, a lot of the athletes that I work with, right. I was teaching mm-hmm. classes, classes before this going to teach classes after this. It's hard to convey what karate is like across the world, across the ocean for them. You know what I'm saying? Because they've never yeah. experienced it. They've never seen it and things like that. So like, what was your upbringing in karate? Like, how did you get started? Like, were there other sports? Like what? what yeah, exactly. What's your karate story? Um, I think I started with karate just because it was another sport. Because I was like the kid who tried everything. I did swimming, dancing, like uh, ballet, gymnastics. I don't, see, I don't see you being a dancer. No, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I can see that. But I I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm just messing. I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, so I just, I tried everything and I just stuck with karate. Mm. And I think the why I did it is because you don't like, what do you call it when you get a new belt? Yeah, you like test for yeah, yeah. We say we say test graduation. Test, yeah, yeah. And just the, in the fact that you always got new challenges, and when you got the new belt, you just kind of knew that you achieved something. Mm-hmm. But right after it was like, okay, the next belt. What's the next challenge? It kept pushing you kind of, in kind of way, but you also got to see the result. Yeah, and the new belt kind of thing. Yeah, and then yeah. And then you got to competitions and then it was just fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> Love so competition. right. When, when did you get, when did you start competing? I actually did Kata first. <laughs> yep. I don't believe you, that again, no. but that's okay. That's, <laughs> that's okay. It, that's more unbelievable than dancing. Than I dancing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wasn't good. I was not good. But I did Kata for uh, like, two years from maybe 2009 to 2011 and in 2011 I uh, I was focusing on kata but of course I was a kid so we are young so we in the national championship we did both competed in both I lost first round kata (laughs) but then I kind of came to Kumite and I just keep winning the fights and Mm. and then I won the national championship for first time and it was just uh, this was not the plan 
and <laughs> but it right. was awesome and it was just the best experience because it was not expected any from anyone and i met a national team fighter in the final and it just made, went my way and after that it just okay now it's fighting so let me let me let me just get this straight so the first time you tried out for the national team or the first time you won nationals you also made the national team no or they called or asked me to come training on a team national team training um, some one month or something after the I national see. So yeah, what's what's uh what's the selection process look like for you? It has changed a lot over the years. After the Olympics came mm. into it, everything has changed. So actually, I don't uh, know how it will be on the national team, but I know they have some regions, like you can apply to uh, get onto a region team, and mm-hmm. then you you train with that region, and then you can apply for the Europeans or worlds from there. Ah, I but see. I, so you like, have to win regionals and then work your yeah, way up then. Yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah. fair enough. And then you, yeah. So yeah. it's, I think it's more because they have focus on the Olympic team and then there is no real national team, if you can say so. Sure. They're coming from the regions and then ready to compete in Euros or. Uh, okay so it's a little bit different but fair enough you know because for us it's like you have nationals you have to work your way up to nationals and then for juniors mm-hmm. it's it's nationals they have team selection at nationals yeah. our national our national competition so then if you win first or second then you make the national team first place okay. goes to worlds first and second go to the pan american so it's a little bit different right yeah that's different because we're not that um by result we just you just apply and then you s- list up your results and the t- coaches wow see so, how you're doing and right. it's more like yeah wow it's so, not that either you win or you lose kind so of so what happens if you're like the coach's favorite what happens ah you probably get selected okay fair <laughs> enough. i don't know i, don't know. I just no, i no. have to ask it's, so that's you know it's yeah. like that's something that i i've never heard that before right so like you're like hey i'm my name is Cameron. I'm amazing. I'm look at my results, you know, and then you apply for it. And then the mm. coaching board selects that person. That's pretty, that's interesting. It's, it's, it's a cool way to think about it though, too, you know? Um, Cause like, if there's a group of people looking at you, then you can subjectively select, Hey, I don't like this, or I do like this. And then someone else could have a different opinion too. And then everybody coming together to make up that final decision. Yeah, exactly. that's a pretty intense process. Though, yes. No? And there, of course, there can be some, be some complaints and everything, but sure at the end it's like wayne the head coach he's like i have the last word so that's yes. a fair it's it's a nice way to do it as well because he knows that what he's if he if there's some problems he has the last word kind of thing well wayne auto uh, you know wayne auto is kind of the a champion that's kind <laughs> of a that's a big name for anybody that doesn't know who that is that is one of the ogs of the karate world that is um one of the og world champs and won everything back in the day so yeah i guess yeah, that's, that's uh, like a nice final word to have you yes know? you don't say anything against him he knows yeah, what to do he's know it. what to do <laughs> i yeah. trust, trust just a little bit we trust him yes. just a little bit oh my gosh wow well like, again, like I just want to talk about with you, especially like what it's like growing up 
being a karate athlete in Europe then? So like four juniors, are these guys expected to, guys and girls obviously, expected to go compete like every single weekend at different tournaments? Or how does that usually work, you know? Because you guys are in school too, you might be playing other sports. Like what, what does the whole thing look like? Um, in Norway, we have like, if you want to be selected for Europeans and Worlds, you get a list of tournaments you have to go to. So they can see the results and they know what category your tournament is. Like mm. you don't just go to the easy ones, if you can say so. Sure. Um, but I don't know all in Europe. I think like the professional young ones, they go to the Premier Leagues or Youth Leagues as the main priority. And then they do like the, there are some competitions in 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 Prague and Germany, the, the, the normal ones, like you go to the same one in Austria and you know that that one has high level fighters coming. I see. So like, there's but like a, yeah. there's like a select list. Yeah. It's like my, my, my notion was that <clears throat> there's a tournament every single weekend in Europe. So like all these, these yeah. athletes are fighting nonstop left and right, left and right, go, 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 go. But that, is that not the case? No, that not that much. But it's if you want to fight every weekend, you can go. But mm. uh, but I think they have those high level competitions that they prioritize to go right. to. But it it I think they're away for like once a month or something. I see. Competing. I see. Is that how you came up too? Yeah. Um, when I started competing international, but you have to go international because there is not enough. At least in Norway and Denmark, there are like maybe two or three competitions but the sure. level is not that high sure so if you want to go you have to travel in I, I traveled a lot from when i started like 2011 it was it was always denmark sweden germany austria it was once a month maybe we were away yeah so, wow yeah I mean, still though, you know, like there's, there's like, that's something we struggle with for sure. You know, it's like selecting which tournaments to go to for all of our kids, because there's two things that we look at, just like you said, it's like the quality of the competition and like what they're going to, where they're going to get like the best quality, you yeah, know what I'm exactly. saying? You know, the quality of the competition and then what we can do, what's feasible, what can people pay yeah, for? Yeah. yeah. And things like that, you know? Um, but yeah, so like what, I, I guess like, again, surrounding the same idea of like what it was like to grow up doing karate in Europe, like what, what was it like when you were a kid? Is it like something that was popular? Like, cause let me, let me just be blunt. The Paris open, right. Yeah. It's a, that's one of like everybody's favorite events. Why is because there's like, there's a stadium and it's full of people, especially on that day for medal rounds. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest. That's not something that happens often in the US. You know what no. I'm saying? Like that would not usually that would not usually happen. So like, what is the is there a bigger appeal in Europe to this sport than there is maybe anywhere else or other places? Um, to be honest, I don't think so. I just think France and maybe Germany is an exception. Oh, there is just uh, big I, I think I, I, um, or maybe. I remember Spain as well, maybe being some people, some kids running around, but especially France and in Germany, when we were, when we have been there and you meet some kids or something, they want your autograph and they have no idea who you are, but <laughs> you're just a karate fighter. And it's just the most awesome thing in the world. Right. Right. But in, but in Norway and Denmark and 
other countries, I there's no interest. No. <laughs> no. Really. Not in. You have to like know the sport if you if you know have know anything about it because yeah, here in Denmark, in where I live, the club I train in, it has all these big club a lot of kids fighting and yeah and a lot of international medals and euros and world championships but if i i still meet people who don't even know there's a karate club in town wow so it's and it's the biggest city or karate club in denmark has been the best club for 10 years in a row and everything but almost no one knows that it exists Wow. So that's crazy. Says, I, yeah. I, you broke my notions, right? Because I definitely thought it was like it was more popular all over Europe than it would be in, in, in the US. Because yeah. like where I was coming from was like there's not really like a professional karate. There's very few, I should say. It's mm, not that it yeah. doesn't happen. Um, there's very few professional karate athletes in the US, right? Yeah. Um, and and I feel like there's just way more <laughs> in Europe that are, they, yeah. they do this as their life, you know, they, you know, not, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. But I think some countries in Europe has more, is a much bigger karate is much, much bigger sports in some countries, but, and also know that Austria and Italy and Germany, probably more countries mm-hmm. has like these programs that you can, if you're, professional and get selected you can uh, get a job or education in police or military or something and then you you don't have to meet up and be there for that much as normal people but you are inside of it and earn money that way interesting and then get to be professional athlete so it's a job that's linked to your athletic status yeah wow that's pretty cool i never thought yeah. about that <laughs> no it's pretty cool because then you'd Maybe you get an education as well, but it maybe takes a longer time. I don't know how it works, but I know that there are a lot of European athletes in those programs and, and they stuff can like be that. a full athlete, full-time yeah. athlete. Yeah, right, right. Wow, interesting. That's really cool. I never thought about that. I know there's like other athletes, like for example, the Brazilian ones who are a part of the military yeah. and stuff like that there. And, um, but I, I don't know the specifics of like, if they get paid or not, you know, like, um, but that's, but that'd be cool. Right. I think everybody in our sport is like hunting and trying to find some sort of support, whether it's yeah. through your national program, the government funding, whatever it is. Right. Cause we all have this similar dream, whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. We want to be the best that we can be world champion. <laughs> right. No, but you yes. know. Yeah, yeah. But we have to travel and it costs, it costs money, you know, lot, and yeah. your, your training costs your, and you don't live at home. Like you don't live in Norway. Right. So like, no, you, no. Don't, you, don't, you know what I'm saying? Like these are extra things that we're always trying to fight for scratch for and things like that. Mm. Um, so becoming a professional karate athlete, if it's an option is, um, is, is, is fantastic. Did you ever like, you know, like I'm backtracking to when you were in college, like, cause that's something that, again, we struggle with here in the U S was there ever like scholarships or anything like that for being, uh, for doing karate? Mm, no, not exactly. But, um, in Norway and Denmark, we have this kind of, it's not because of the sports, but it made it possible at least because if you study, you get some kind of money from the government. And, um, yeah, in Denmark or when you, the amount you get, you get for free, but in Norway, you have to pay something back as a loan. Oh, I see. But but you don't have to work to get the money. So that's that made me, I didn't have to work beside of 
training in school. Yeah. So was it enough to, yeah. Was it enough to help you travel and things like that? No, it was enough to pay the rent. (laughs) 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 And then I had some, my karate club could help me a lot with the traveling traveling money. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, a challenge big, to say yeah, the least. it's a yeah. big challenge yes <laughs> yeah. but yeah, i think if you are a full-time athlete or if you not full-time athlete but if you are a professional with some high results you can get a support from the olympic uh, center kind of thing in norway and denmark so i could i couldn't get it from denmark because i'm not danish but i could have got it from norway if i had like world champion titles or sure got selected from then to i was olympic hope kind of athlete and then they would support me with some money results pay you know at the end of the day you need the results before (laughs) yeah yeah i I hear that i hear that i hear that yeah that's the hard part (laughs) it is it is it really is i mean and like we're we're hunting all the time we're trying and you know you keep going and stuff like that but um i guess where where does competition kind of fit in your life right now I feel like competition is so out of because I've been away from competition for so long. I feel sure. Of course, I was at the Europeans now, but it was like one competition and then, oh, oh, it's summer vacation. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I work full time now. So I have been able to save some money with not traveling. And then I'm ready to travel again after summer. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the tournaments coming back. Well, see, like I know, but I don't think a lot of other people know, like you had a few different challenges, like leading up to with like your injuries and then COVID hit and things like that. So like, can you like just backtrack like why you've been away from competing or off and on, I guess, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah. I've actually, it was my first competition in May, the Europeans after since September, 2019. So it's almost two years out of competition. And it feels so weird because it doesn't feel like two years. Yeah. But I'm, again, I can't even remember how it was like traveling every month and being so busy with karate because it hasn't been like that the two years, last years. Um, but yeah, I got after Tokyo in 19, um, I got injured a week later in Budapest and tore my ACL. So um, yeah. Um, it went two months because they were like, no, this is just a small tear and it's not all, you don't need operation and everything. And I was just like, okay, my knee is five times bigger than normal. And I know that this isn't just something. Is it right? There's something uh, wrong here. Something yeah. Wrong. So when I finally got the message that I had needed surgery to, to get, if I wanted to go back to karate competing, I needed surgery. So I was just like, I was actually relieved because I've been, I had been through all the down period because I knew something was wrong. And then I just was relieved when I got the message. And then I got surgery 10 days after and training started with starting to walk. And yeah, it was a long process, but I was just telling my doctor like, can I make it to the Worlds next year? Because then it was exactly 12 year, months between my surgery and Worlds. So that was the main goal. Um, and he was just like, he didn't like the idea, but I was just 
it has to work because I need something to train against and have a big goal so I know I will make. And he, my doctor said yes, <laughs> but he wanted me to in to uh, like normally there's a uh, one year after your surgery and one year you have to go to uh, like a control and check if you're strong enough and everything. But I negotiated to be nine months. <laughs> <laughs> so he said like, okay, if you get a go after nine months, you can train for the worlds. And, and I, I got it in yeah august september last year after nine months so he was just like okay mm -hmm. you're good to go if you keep training and i was just yes, I, i'm gonna do it yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah corona came in between everything probably it was a good thing in the start because i really wanted to start training karate um maybe a bit too early but corona came and shut every club down so i couldn't train in that way so it probably made me a bit stronger before pushing it too too much but then i was ready in september and i hoped like everything was going to open up and the world was going worlds was going to be in november but then it kept uh, postponing and yeah that was the toughest part i think because i was training so hard to get back and i when i when i finally was ready to go back everything was yeah, it was shut down right yeah, yeah and then the world's got pushed to the end of this year and like all of those things right exactly so, so it was just okay wow let, can, like, let me ask you this though like so through the challenges that you face with like your acl tear and then like the lack of support let's say to to travel and things like that now you work like a full-time job which you love right like in mm. working right you uh work with like with students and kids and stuff like that at school right um what is keeping you motivated to keep training and like continue crying what what's say what's like not stopping you from just being like i'm done with this for now you know it was fun but you know yeah i've been there some a couple of times since i was actually it was no problem training they want the year i was injured because it was just like i'm getting back and everything is normal when i get back and this was just a setback but yeah yeah but when I got through that year and had like, now I've had another year with no competing and no traveling. And it was really hard in like January, I think, because then it was, why am I doing this? There is no competitions. There is, I'm training like 12 times a week for what? And working full time beside it, it was, it's. It's exhausting. Space. It's, it's a exhausting. Lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. But I, my main thing was like, I'm not going to quit because of my injury. Like, and I needed to get at least one competition before, yeah. before saying I'm done. So I, I knew that I was going to Europeans in May because I just had to compete again. <laughs> if you yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. And now it's world it's worlds. It's uh it's the most fun competition, so I have to do that one as well. So it just sure. keeps, uh, yeah. But I, maybe I will do a talk with myself after you after Worlds. So, oh, okay. So there's going to be another re-evaluation re after yes. Worlds, uh huh? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like I've been pretty yeah, done with it in one way, but in another way, it's just been more motivated 
to get back. So it's, it's a mixed uh, feeling kind of thing that right now I'm super focused on the worlds and motivated for that. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think navigating that whole process of thinking and everything like that is not an easy thing. And um, I just want to let you know that like, I think I, I, I've had similar thoughts and things like that and trying to like get yourself to sway one way or another especially when like life starts to pick up. Right. And you got stress yeah, exactly. from one thing to the next thing. Right. It's not easy at all, you know? And, um, um, and like, just a quick side note for me, it came in the, in the form of like when COVID hit, it became survival for our dojo. Like our, that's my family's, yeah. that's my family's business. Right. So then, uh, training, boom, it was pushed to the side. You know, this was like, yeah. hey, if you have time and energy for this, then you can do it. But your focus has to be survive, get, get, yeah. make sure everything stays open, work extra hard. You know what I'm saying? You understand that too. And those challenges and things like that. But yeah. um, I, I'm right there with you. Let's keep pushing. Let's get, <laughs> let's get worlds. Let's get worlds. Yes. And then we can reevaluate after that. Yeah. No, it's all good. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's like my last, um, my last little question I had for you before we close out, like mm-hmm. what, what are the plans going forward? So are you going to think about coaching and stuff like that? I know you teach, teach right now. Do you think about teaching karate at all? I teach one group of kids karate once a week uh, and I love it, but I, I prefer coaching the kids. Yeah. Like it, making karate fun for them and learn them new techniques and like seeing them develop in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to coach like professionals. I don't know if that's what I want to do. Fair enough. I, I like it. I, I love coaching kids though. Yeah. It's the best. It's so awesome. It makes you happy. It makes <laughs> yeah. me happy at least, you know, like it's a very, it's a very, it feels good. Put it that way. Yeah. And they just love you no matter what. No matter <laughs> what. You, it's like, that's like one of the stories is like, I remember like, and one of my Tom, my teammate, he has a similar story. It's like, you leave for a competition, you come back. And you know, when your students comes up and asks you, Oh, how'd it go? And then, you know, you're like, crap, you know, little Johnny yeah. or whatever I lost. And they go, Oh, that sucks. Well, what game are we playing today? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just goes like, right yeah. over their head. Yep. <laughs> that's why it's, that's why it's one of the best things. Yeah. But, Body, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and explaining a little bit more about what it's like to be a karate athlete in Europe and, and all that good stuff. So I really appreciate you being on nothing but the best in training and, and, and making sure everything's healthy and recovered by the time worlds comes around. And um, yes. yeah, we, we got to get world's medal. We're looking yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be so good. It'll be great. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Believe in the Punch. If you didn't already know, we have an Instagram. Go follow at In the Punch. There's going to be a special episode coming up, and I want to hear what you guys want on that episode. So go follow and keep track of the upcoming post so then we can get our followers episode going here but other than that remember as always everybody keep your hands up and keep believing in the punch take care everyone without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.